Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And I know it may have been the first day of the new year, but I'm pretty sure we just saw the game of the year in Tech's win over Western Kentucky. Yeah, man. Good, good shit. I'm still not really sure how we won, so I'm looking forward to your two-minute recap of it, Nathan, because I watched <laughs> it, but I uh, I don't, re- I can't really explain it. I know how Tech won. I know how Tech won. How? How did Tech win? They scored more points than the opposition. Thanks, oh. John Madden. Oh. R.I.P., baby. Yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, before we even talk about the Western Kentucky game, though, we do have a Marshall game to talk about that was also pretty exciting. But also, yeah, this two-minute recap or 90-second recap may turn into more than that because a lot happened down the stretch in the second game this week. But let's start with the game against the Thundering Herd. Uh, this was another game that we were looking forward to pretty well because Marshall is one of these upper-tier-ish, maybe middle-tier Conference USA schools. We're really kind of seeing how they are, but really did not expect a 23-point victory over them. Yeah, and you know during the game, they said that Marshall actually has two of the last three victories over Tech at home. So like in the last three years, we've lost one game at home each year in conference, and two of those were Marshall. So uh, last year and then in, I guess, 2018, 19, is that the, I don't know, three years ago, they beat us too. So yeah, so really, really looking forward to this game and seeing how, you know, Tech would start off the CUSA uh, schedule and, you know, it did not disappoint. Yeah, it was 2018, 2019 was that other year that they lost to Marshall at home and then lost pretty much every other away game in conference. That was right, that fun year. Right. Okay. But yeah, let's talk about this year, though, because that year's team did not have Junior Lofton. No. Uh, and so these games look a little different. Uh, but yeah, so after a quick two from Tech in this game, Marshall explodes for a 10 to nothing run. And all of a sudden, it looks like it may not be going in the right direction. And that 10-2 lead by the Thundering Herd is made even worse by a you know, so-so call, foul called against Junior. Oh. And then he had the audacity to look exasperated about the fact he had a foul called on him, which earned him a technical and a trip to the bench for the rest of the half, because now he has two fouls and you're only allowed five in a game. Uh, But unlike what we saw against LSU when Junior gets sidelined, this team started to rally against Marshall. And by rally, I mean they went on a 17-0 run to go from down 5 to up 10 at the halfway point in the first half. Uh, Even though the second 10 minutes of the first half isn't quite as dramatic or drastic, Tech is still able to turn their 10-point lead into an 18-point lead at intermission. Um, A lot of that lead was due to just how cold Marshall got pretty much all of a sudden. They started the game by hitting two of their first three three-pointers and then attempted 10 more in the first half and only hit one of them. But then after halftime, Junior comes back on the court to start that second half, but it's Keiston Willis who steals the show. He makes three three-pointers in the first three minutes that leads to an 11-0 run that puts the score at 58-31 to Tech with 15 minutes left in the game. And although Marshall closes that gap some, they never make the game interesting. And so Junior Lofton had to provide some of that entertainment value with a steal and a score that I'm pretty sure I have felt the the vibrations from the earthquake effect all the way up here in Maryland. And then he also had a beauty of a cross-court pass, even if Archibald missed the subsequent dunk. Oh, man. But as exciting as that dunk would be, it's really hard to complain when the final score is 79 to 56 Bulldogs, and that's your game. Yeah. 
Yeah, really, really good um, stuff there. You know, it was really kind of surprising that we won by this much and our best player was kind of held in check, right? I mean, he had seven points, six rebounds. We're used to seeing a lot more out of junior, but like you said, foul trouble kept him out for, you know, 90% of the first half. And really all he did, (laughs) he stuck his arms up and said, what? Like he got a foul called on him and he, he stuck his hands up and he was like, what? And then they, they teed him up like immediately in the game. Not sure the truth of, of this, but somebody said on the Bleed Tech Blue forums that one of that, that ref that made that call was also on the LSU games call. So, you know, maybe there was some leftover like residual foul or something that he felt like he needed to call. I, I don't know. It was super weird. And definitely one of those instances where the ref was like inserting himself into the game for no reason. Yeah, it really felt it like... Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the, uh, it just reminds me a lot of how umps are in the majors. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Them, yeah, try to insert themselves into the game. I'm only saying this because, A, I knew that's where Nathan was going. B, the <laughs> lockout's going to, the lockout's probably going to take away the 2022 season. So I wanted to throw in as much major talk as I could. And this is why I moved away from the ballpark because I was getting out ahead of time. Yeah, it, this reminded me of a Joe West, Angel Hernandez oh. style movement. Oh. Where, oh. come on, man, really? And it was fun to watch for the rest of this game and then also the Western Kentucky game. Just anytime anyone on either team complained about a call, just how far it went until there was any sort of technical foul called or anything. And you, you had Archibald, after a foul was called on him, hit both his arms out shrugging, walking towards the ref for 20 seconds and nothing's called because it's not Junior Lofton. And so it just felt like, a oh, that's your best player. Oh, he's here's a reason to, right. to say, hey, look, this is about me, not about your best yeah, player. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, really what I was surprised by was, and almost because we almost devoted a segment last week talking about how disappointed we are in him, and that's Keiston Willis. Uh, four of nine, I think, uh, from three-point in this game, and just that second half especially lit that spark that kept Tech in control of this game and made it so it wasn't even close yeah. down the stretch. Just that we knew he's hot either. and cold, but this was a hot game from him. Yeah, if he can just, if those wavelengths, if those dips and valleys can, you know, just stay consistently valley and be consistently great, uh, I wouldn't be so hard on him. That he's definitely had a tough start, but he had a good game that night. Yeah, Evan, is there anyone else you want to shout out in this game? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the fact that Junior Lofton's out for the whole first half, and Kenny Hunter had to step in and play, um, you know, a lot more minutes than he's kind of normally called on to play. I mean, he came in and, and just, he had a great, a great first half, definitely, but really a good game overall, 22 minutes, three for five from the field, um, had 12 rebounds. So, I mean, he came in and did his job, right? He, he also picked up a block in this game. So Kenny Hunter out of where? Uh, just off the bench to, no, 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 no. Kenny Hunter out of where? Oh, Kenny Hunter um, out of Huntington high school in Shreveport. Shreveport. I'm from Bozier, but whatever. I was um, born in Georgia. Also, <laughs> the man gets hilarious pictures taken of him I in love, the locker room after games I love Kenny consistently. I, so, I love that man. Good stuff. And honestly, those those 12 rebounds, I think, aren't hit on enough. That's over a quarter of all the rebounds in the game, and he played 22 minutes. So Lofton has been a good rebounder, but that's not really his specialty. And so to see us have a basically a rebounding specialist and Kenny Hunter kind of come up, it was brought up at one point during the West Kentucky game when things weren't going so well. It's like, well, maybe we should see Lofton and Hunter on the court at the same oh, time God. and see what happens. <laughs> and 
I really w- I want to see that against a Crowley's Rage style opponent first before we try it against yeah, the conference right. one. Not again. But that would be hilarious. I think would to have to go big as a school that has struggled at even getting bigs into the program. Yeah, Kenny Hunter's six foot ten. If I'm not mistaken, he's the tallest guy on the team. Yeah. Yeah, Kenny and uh, Kenny <laughs> uh, on, on the court at the same time. Junior and Kenny. There we go. There you go. Kenny and Kenny like Jr. Kenny squared. No. Uh, it sounds like the results were pretty good. I didn't watch this game. I mean, I've got the stats and everything up and kept track of it on the uh, on the ESPN app. But it sounds like uh, the results of them two on the court was uh, pretty good. Yeah, and really, and Kenny Hunter may have had something to do with this as well. Marshall only scored 56 points in this game, and that's their season low. So this is our defense stepping up. And Kobe Williams, who stepped up, I think, even more in this next game that we're about to talk about against Western Kentucky – just having that sort of defensive presence and having the ability to hold a team like Marshall. And yeah, they went cold shooting, but sometimes your defense is the reason why they go cold shooting uh, to step up when Lofton isn't available for literally half the game. I I'm lo- falling more and more in love with this team. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I think that you nailed it on the head right there. Uh, the just Kenny goes down. Uh, not physically, obviously uh, knock on wood, knocks on wood really hard. Uh, but uh, Lofton goes to the bench. Some other guy steps up. You love to see it, especially when we had our doubts going into the season about who was going to be number two after uh, we lost what's his face to injury. Crawford. Yeah. Yeah. Crawford. I, I mean, this game, it's really just a total domination. Like you're saying, Nathan, I mean, certainly Marshall shot cold. They only shot 29.4% from the field. But I mean, Tech also dominated the paints, outscored Marshall 38 to 22 in the paint. How had much? 16, 38 to 22. Yeah, mm. had uh, 16 points off turnovers compared to Marshall's eight, you know, forced forced uh, four more turnovers in general. So, I mean, it was really a, a team effort. You had shooting from the outside from Willis. You had really, really good drives to the bucket from Kobe Williams, who led the team in scoring with 22 points. Um, so and that's great when when Kobe Williams gets going, it's like it's like, wait, how does he only average like 10 points per game? What's so, going on here? Yeah, so. Final thought on this game, I mean, I think you mentioned a second ago, 38 points to 22 in the paint for Tech compared to Marshall with your best big on the bench to be able to outscore the other team by 16 in the paint is a pretty big deal. And Marshall's not the best team in Conference USA. That's probably UAB right now, but they're not a scrub. We'll We'll play at least one, possibly two very bad CUSA schools this week. And Marshall is not that. And the ability to do that against them is very promising moving forward. And it was even more promising moving forward after we saw how this Western Kentucky game wrapped up. Yeah, for sure. Well, shout out Eric Conkle for getting the next fellow up to the plate. I mean, just shout out Eric Conkle for these for these yep. two games. I mean, can't wait for him I, to get hired away. I, I think just, you know, as a little interlude here, I mean, Eric Conkle as a coach really seems to be coming into his own, right? I mean, just making adjustments on the fly, you know, getting the team like prepared even at halftime for this, you know, God, this Western Kentucky game. I mean, just look at the halftime split in the box score. It's insane. Yeah. And the, uh, the probability, uh, chart is my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this game against the Hilltoppers. Yeah, just like the Marshall game two nights prior, Tech scored first, but then just could not hit a shot. The Bulldogs started one of 13 shooting, which led to a 15-2 run by the Hilltoppers. 
down 15 to 5. Tech did something they did a lot in this game. They showed a little bit of life just for that life to be quickly extinguished. They got the lead down to 7, thanks to a 3 by Caleb Stewart. But then the next four field goals were all 3s by Tech, and all four of those were missed. It wasn't so much a bad shot selection, but the Bulldogs were turning open looks into air balls. And then we also start to see Lofton struggle a little bit. Jamarion Sharp, the seven foot five guy, was playing incredible defense and forcing Junior into some bad looks. Uh, so Tech went into halftime shooting 19% from three, and Junior had as many turnovers as he did field goals. But yet somehow Tech is only down 10. After the halftime break, though, Tech quickly cuts that lead to six. But then within three minutes, the Hilltopper lead is already back out to 17. But then the Bulldogs do the most dangerous thing. They give us hope. Thanks to three-pointers by Willis, Archibald, Christian, and Kobe, and also a three-point play the old-fashioned way by Junior Lofton, all of a sudden with 8.30 left, the Bulldogs are only down four. But then, of course, a three-pointer by Cameron Justice feels like it ends the momentum, and Western Kentucky even extends their lead back to 12 with four minutes left. But after Archibald gets it back down to 10 with three left, Western Kentucky coach Rick Stansbury gets called for a technical, and that lets Archibald get the deficit back down to eight. Then Lofton gets a layup, gets the rebound on the other side of the court, dishes it out, and Keiston Willis in the fast break makes it a four-point game again with one minute left. But even still, after some clutch free-throw shooting, Western Kentucky makes it a six-point game, 72-66, to with less than a minute left. That sounds like a game over, right? Well, five seconds later, Kobe hits a three. It's a one-possession game with 43 seconds left. And then a turnover on the inbound. Keiston Willis goes for the tie for the three-pointer and misses. Christian gets the putback attempt and misses. But then seven-foot-five, Xavier Sharp comes down with the rebound, and Tech intentionally fouls him before he can get dished the ball to anyone else, sends him to the line for two foul shots, and he's a 38% free throw shooter on the year. So probably a good call. And oh, yeah. he attempts one, misses it. Attempts the second, misses it. Tech travels up court, still down by three. May wait to take some time off the clock. But no, wait, Kobe takes an open luck three-pointer. And it's good. Tie game, 16 seconds left. Keiston Willis fouls on the inbound, though. I think the announcer said it was Archibald, but the box score says it's Willis. And that sends Cameron Justice to the free throw line. He's an 80% free throw shooter on the year, but he only makes one of two, making it a one-point game, 73-72 West Kentucky, 14 seconds left. Tech has their final possession of the game. You know who it's going to. Junior Lofton drives. He doesn't get the shot, but he puts it up and gets fouled. One free throw ties it. Two free throws gives the Bulldogs the lead. Junior makes the first, then makes the second. Tech is up by one. Four seconds left. David McKnight drives down the court, puts up a shot, and in typical almost Iona fashion, the shot is way too close, but it doesn't go in, and Tech wins 74 to 73. Man. And I'm going to catch my breath. Yeah, what a game. I mean, Jesus. Uh, the ball comes down it, it comes down to you know the ball being in the hands of a player who scored 20 points against you this game you know really had time to drive and and go for the go for a you know layup or a quick pull-up jumper but he decides to take a three-pointer instead and you know it was contested but he certainly had a good enough look to maybe make it so just glad it fell this way um you know glad it fell our way this time right well said 
Yeah, I mean, one of the things I was worried about once that second half started and Tech started the comeback, and there was a few times it happened where Tech would start to fight back into it and then just get squashed with a three-pointer and all of a sudden momentum was on Western Kentucky's side. But something that I think went into some of this that gave an advantage to the Hilltoppers was that Tech played a game Thursday night and Western Kentucky didn't because Southern Miss has COVID protocol issues happening, so they canceled their games over this weekend. So they were a lot more rested, and we saw that on the minutes chart where they only have uh, five, six, seven players, actually not even seven, six players with stats in the second half. The minutes on the tech chart are kind of off and funky and say that someone who's had zero minutes in the second half also had 16 points in the second half. So something's obviously wrong there. Yeah, (laughs) but really... Western Kentucky was playing with a short bench in the second half, and Tech didn't have that luxury because they just had to play two nights prior. But yet still, Kenneth Lofton Jr., maybe because he had to sit out the entire first night, the entire first half Thursday night against Marshall, he's able to play technically all 20 minutes. He played like 19 and a half. He got taken off the court for 30 seconds and then put back on 30 seconds later. So he didn't quite play the whole second half. But practically, yeah, for a big guy like him, to be able to do that, he's never done yeah. that. He's that's never played the entire half. That's gotta be that's gotta be at least close to a career high in minutes, thirty six in one game. <laughs> um, so I mean, if if Junior is able to do that, like, ooh, y'all better watch out, man. I mean, I, this was just a really fun basketball game. You know, had, had the feeling that it's you know worth more for some reason, like it's a conference tournament game or a you know the NIT meeting we had with them last year, but. This one's just the first regular season matchup, so I can't wait to play these guys again. You know, hopefully with a conference title on the line or or something bigger on the line. But yeah, this this was just fun, man. Yeah, fun is the best way to put it. Nice to come out on top and a close one for once. Yeah, so par- certain parts of it were not fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> the beginning, I was <laughs> I was fucking yanking my hair out about these three pointers that we were just not making you know, just stop trying. And I understand that the game plan was like, Hey, let's wait to challenge the seven foot five guy. Let's see if we can get some outside shooting going. Um, but my God, we had a three on one coming back in the fast break and Arch, I think Archibald had the ball and he could have dished it. Maybe Kobe has the ball. He could have dished it to Archibald to drive the lane or kept it himself to drive the lane. Instead, he dishes it out to Keiston Willis who takes a three Wide open, mind you, nobody near him, and just completely fucking missed it. And that was probably the sixth or seventh missed three of the game. That was pretty early in the first half. So I was just like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? And, you know, it's hard to blame shot selection when you come out and, and shoot. You know, it, it, it's just like. I mean, they're open oh. looks is the thing for me. Yeah. It's that, it, it that particular case selection. I don't like. It was more just the fact that. We were just shooting. I mean, we shot 17.8% from the field in the That's first half. Just abysmal. <laughs> it's like, ugh. And then 56% in the second half. So, yeah. I, I don't know what that is. That certainly is not all coaching adjustment, but I, I think there's some, you know, basketball luck in there with some adjustments from the coaching staff. But you can't say enough about this end run of the game where, you know, Tech is down 12 with would you say like two minutes left, three minutes left? That yeah. sounds right. I'd have to pull it back up again. You know, it was a 1.2% chance that we might win, according to Ken Paul. Hilarious. At that point. And we won this game, right? And and it never 
it never really felt over. It felt like, oh man, now it's going to be really hard to come back. Um, especially because every time we made a little push, like you said, Nathan, they, they would hit a three with that Cameron justice guy, which I'm really glad it wasn't in his hands at the end of the game. Cause he would have made the shot. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was killing us all the whole day, but yeah, I, I don't good. know what else to say other than this was a fun one to watch. Junior Lofton is a delight. Um, well, and one more point about Junior Lofton too, is that it was brought up when he was going to the foul line to take those last two foul shots. And the commentators almost sounded surprised by it when they said it and it's his foul shooting so far this year and it's an improvement over previous years but he's only shooting 65 i think at the time 67 now percent from the free throw line and he goes up to make those two clutch baskets those two free throws that both tie the game and then the next one takes the lead and ends up being the winning shot your big is making free throws that's huge theirs couldn't do it sharp had a chance yeah, which is why throws. we fouled him so aggressively after oh, he came yeah. down with the rebound. <laughs> that guy got the rebound, and I think three tech players jumped yeah. at yeah. him immediately. Yeah, was screaming, fuck him in the ass. <laughs> I, I'm, and the, that, that goes back to co- coaching, too. That's Conkle in the yeah. break and the timeout saying, hey, look, if we need a foul and Justice has the ball, not Justice, sorry, and uh, Sharp has the ball, foul him. We want yeah. to send this guy to the line, and that's Coach on coaching. And just, yeah, sure. <laughs> Do whatever you got to do. Swing on his ass. Yeah, whatever it takes. But I mean, just this was the most fun I've had watching a game in a while. And there's always whenever Tech starts to make these little comebacks in games where like there's an inner voice saying like, hey, look, they're probably not going to do it. You don't want to stress yourself out too much. Just kind of enjoy it. But then they won. And now I can tell that voice to shut up for the rest of my life. And that I can point to this game and say that Tech won this one after being down 17 in the second half. And so that means they could win anything. Can't wait to lose to them in the tournament. Yeah. Speaking of 17, the home streak for the Bulldogs is now at 17. And that 17-point comeback is the second biggest comeback in Tech basketball history of the past 50 years. At the Tech, and, yeah. Well, second biggest overall and tied for the biggest in Tech history. Wow. Spectacular. That's impressive. Lawton's mom and uh, mom and somebody else were at the game. So maybe that spurred him yeah. on to victory. His mom was. He said in the post game conference, his dad wasn't able to travel yeah, because he got COVID. COVID. Yeah, but it was it was very sweet to watch his mom react to some of his buckets. She and I have she a was very similar it. like demeanor when watching games. <laughs> we're like we're like you know making the prayer motion. You know we're walking around like she was standing on the concourse, right? Like not <laughs> she was she wasn't at her seat. She was like walking around pacing, and I was like, "Yep, the, that looks about right. That looks very familiar." <laughs> Uh, Massey only improves Tech's ranking this week up from 111th to 110th. So I think the Massey computer poll is dead to me. Massey hates Um, us, dude. Yeah, I'm not sure what's up with that. Uh, Ken Palm gives Tech a 79th ranking now, which is up from 83rd. And Net, the one that probably actually matters the most because it goes into the decision-making about the NCAA tournament. Not that Coos is probably a two-bid school, a two-big league this year anyway. Uh, Tech jumped from 86th to 79th. So a pretty good change in the net rankings. So tech is in the top, top 40% or whatever. I don't know. I'm bad at math. Nathan, help me out. Yep. You got it right on the nose. Hell yeah, bitches. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I think our ranking will be helped, you know, depending on how we do in these games, but in, in Ken Palm, at least North Texas is now number 74 UAB's number 48. Western, I think, is a little bit undervalued by the computers, but that's because, you know, they haven't performed well in their top tier games, right? They've 
they lost to teams ranked in the top 100 and you know beat teams that aren't but they also beat louisville um they beat ole miss you know so i I don't know i think western kentucky is probably going to rise a little bit in those rankings but um the net has net has uh north texas up at like 50 or something like that um speaking of that uh i was wrong they are in the top 21 percent yeah there you go i believed in you the whole time thank you anyway there there's a chance to go up but yeah i mean there's definitely a chance to go up um it's nice not being the highest ranked kusa school because that gives you that chance to go up uh but this week we don't play that UAB or UNT schools that could pr- provide us with that boost. This week we play UTEP and UTSA. Um, UTEP we play this Thursday, January 6th at 9 p.m. Central, so 10 p.m. my time, hooray, in El Paso or broadcast on CBS Sports Network. The Miners are 7-6 and six on the year and currently ranked 178th in Ken Palm with their best win coming over number 219, New Mexico on the road, and their worst loss over number 146, Bradley, in El Paso. In terms of some of the Conference USA schools that we'll play this year, I imagine UT- UTEP is not one of the worst ones we'll face either. No, definitely not. And and last year we split with them um, on the road out in El Paso. So, I mean, it's certainly possible for us to lose to them. Um, uh, we won <laughs> 73-55 to 55 and then came back and lost 82-74 to 74 the next day mostly led by a guy that uh, you'll talk about later, Nathan. We are looking at this team as a whole. uh, They are pretty good at avoiding turnovers on offense and forcing them on defense. That seems to be the key to this game will be turnovers in general. They rank 77th in avoiding them on offense and 66th in causing turnovers on defense. So Mm. both top 100 rankings, and that's a pretty good sign that they excel when it comes to that turnover stat. They are also probably the best free throw shooting team in Conference USA. Uh, they went seven for seven in the conference opener to UAB last week. Uh, but when it comes to baskets worth more than one point, they are uh, below average, let's say. On offense, they are shooting 31, 32% from three and 43.5% from two. That's in the bottom 50 when it comes to two pointers. And their defense on three-point and two-point shooting is not any better. So they are good at foul shots and the things that aren't shooting. That's pretty much the takeaway for this team. Yeah, their effective field goal percent percentage on Ken Palm is ranked 309th offensively and 290th defensively. So uh, Tech should be able to score some points, hopefully. Loses by 50. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, if they lose by 50, it's probably due to the guy by the name of Suli Boom. Or Sully Boom? Every year I forget it. I think it's Sully Boom, but I could be just remembering our butchering of his name on our podcast versus the actual, you know, broadcast last year. uh, Sounds like a Ukrainian sexual maneuver. (laughs) What would be the Sully Boom? Explanation redacted. Just know whatever Matt said we had to take out of the show, but I promise you it was... A series of (laughs) sleeps. Yes. But this fella, this fella Sully Boom, you're saying he could be uh, some trouble for the Bulldogs. Yeah, so he's a three-point threat so far this year. He's shooting 39.6, so nearly 40% from three on 53 shots, which leads the team. So that's a three-point threat. He's also a free-throw threat from the line. He's shooting 86.2, which is 118th best of any player in the country. 
He's also used on nearly every play, and he avoids turning the ball over in the top 250 in college basketball players at avoiding those turnovers. So they really run this entire team through him. So one way or another, I imagine he'll make his impact known. Yeah, and just to reiterate, he has had some good games against Tech. Last year, in those two games, he scored 47 points God. Um, in the in the two games combined okay. <laughs> also also <laughs> for seven steals shit. yeah 23 points in game one where they lost and only scored 55 total and then 24 points in the win he was named the ken palm mvp of that second game but yeah also forced seven steal or had seven steals in those games as well so silly boom's really good well yeah. sounds like uh most of the offense runs through him like you said but how often are they getting to the? Are they getting to the stripe more often than uh, any other Kusa team? Is that like a metric we can actually look at? Yeah, so they are in the top 100 at getting the free throw line compared to how often they take normal shots. Mm. So I can only check uh, the conference games, of which uh, some teams have only played one or two. So that's not a very big sample size. So I don't think sucks. I can answer your question easily. Don't, well, just don't foul these fuckers. Is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Just, uh, but you have to play. But I feel like Tech plays an aggressive form of basketball. Yeah, I, I just don't. That stat you're giving me gives me a feeling of this game better not be close because if it comes down to the foul line, uh, these fellows might pull away at the very end. I mean, you say Tech plays aggressively, but they're about average, if not a little bit better than average, at both getting to the free throw line and avoiding allowing the other team to get to the free throw line. We saw against Western Kentucky, the whole reason I thought Tech was even only down 10 at half was because I don't think Western Kentucky shot a foul shot until almost halftime. I suppose that 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 phrase came up because I'm thinking about Junior having suffered some foul trouble uh, in the last couple of games, but those instances weren't really necessarily tied to aggressive play as they were uh, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And in the West Kentucky game, I believe he only registered two fouls, which was also a mm. huge part of that as well. Yeah. Evan, do you have a player to watch in this one? Or are you also piling on Sully boom? I mean, I think Sully boom's the main one, but I'll go ahead and pick uh Jorel Satterfield or Satterfield maybe, but it's Satterfield. UTEP's defense is forcing uh, steals at a pretty good percent, 10.8%, and he seems to be the ringleader um, in that regard with multiple steals in uh, in a lot of games here. So especially when they win, it looks like if he gets two or more steals, they, they're usually going to be in the game pretty well. So um, definitely just you know watch out for that guy uh, defensively and you know <laughs> keep Sully Boom in check and we'll definitely win. Yeah, I it does seem like they are. I mean, the same way that you could say about Tech with keeping Lofton in check. Tech can yeah. win without him, but it makes it a lot easier if he gets in the game. Yeah. But then after UTEP, which will probably be the more difficult of the two games this week, Tech faces UTSA in San Antonio at 8 p.m. Central on ESPN+. Plus. Hell yeah, I get to watch oh, it. Oh, hooray. <laughs> yeah. I, get, I get to watch that game. I have ESPN+. What, Plus. what time did you say this game was? 8 p.m. Central. Oh, good. Okay. When? I have to work Saturday. Saturday. Hell yeah. I got no life, motherfuckers. I'll be watching that game. So on Saturday, January 8th, Tech will face off against these Roadrunners who are 6-7 and seven on the year and currently ranked 306th in Ken Palm. Oh, no. So, yeah, there's a reason I'm a little more nervous playing UTEP than UTSA. Although, anything can happen. It is basketball. The best win for the Roadrunner so far this year came over number 
came over at number 239, Sam Houston State, future conference mate for us, at a neutral court site. Their worst loss for UTSA oh, no. came over at Division II, oh, no. Texas A&M Commerce, oh, no. at home for oh, no. UTSA. Oh, God. How they lost the Rio Grande Valley by oh, 18 no. points at oh, no. home? Oh, at least Rio Grande Valley's D one. Is, yeah, is but, that is the A and M Commerce ooh. game one of those games Ken Palm would just be like, yeah, hundred percent. Who cares? Yeah, it would be because they're not a D one wow. school. Wow. Oh no, that is uh, not good. UTSA shot three of seventeen from three uh-huh. in that game against Texas A and M Commerce. Uh-huh. Shot less than fifty percent from the foul stripe. See, they did out rebound the Lions. I think it's been a while. I've thought about Division Two schools from Texas. Right. How many teams are there, like, officially? 5,000. I think it's 358. 358, yes. UTSA's effective field goal percentage is 355th yeah, offensively. They are fourth uh, worst yeah. in <laughs> shooting the ball. Uh, that's, yeah, that's not good. Have, they still have six wins. They're almost 500. Yeah, because here's who they played for those six wins. Let's just do this. They beat non-Division I opponent Trinity of Texas. They beat number 323 Denver, who I think we used to play in the WAC, if I remember right. They were in the WAC with us for one year, yeah. Yeah. They beat number 355 Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis, IUPUI. That's IUPUI, yeah, that's where Julia's cousin Jose goes. They beat number 316 Lamar. I assume the school, not the not the, <laughs> not the guy billboard company, or the guy. <laughs> they didn't beat Kendrick. What, what, what? A guy named Lamar. Yeah. Lamar Hunt, former owner of the Chiefs. They, yep. Just a team of random people <laughs> named Lamar. Lamar. Yeah, it, Lamar Kendrick from, Lamar, Lamar Odom, Lamar from <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> yeah, uh, they also beat a non-division one school in St. Mary's of Texas, and then Sam Houston State, which was their best win at number two hundred thirty-nine. So they beat some bad schools. They didn't beat the uh, same Houston statue, though. They did no. not. Undefeated. Undefeated. Drove <laughs> past that thing a few weeks ago. It was big. You almost have to feel bad because... They're very bad. They're bad yeah. is really the, the best way to put it. Like They had to play Oklahoma Ooh. the second game of the season and lost 96-44. to 44. Oh. They lost to Grand Canyon, which I thought was an infomercial, not a school. <laughs> like they I thought it was a geological feature of the United States topography. Not anymore. Yeah, I just that they're bad, but every time we talk about how bad a school is on the show, I feel like we struggle. So maybe yeah. we should cut that that short for a little bit. UTSA is a fucking powerhouse. Yeah. Like Evan said, uh currently fourth to last in effective field goal percentage, fourteenth so... worst in three point shooting, and ninth uh-huh. worst in two point shooting. Uh, outside of, you know, shooting the ball, like the other aspects of offense, like turnovers and rebounds, they're okay. Uh, but their defense, while not quite as bad as their uh, shooting, is pretty bad across the board. So, yeah, this is this is this is a baffling conference loss if Tech walks away with less than a 15 point win. More like a baffling program loss. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like what happened, I'm looking into this, last year their effective field goal percentage was 200th, so just right around, you know, the, the bottom half, like, but they were they were at least, uh, you know, not 
fifth last or fourth last or whatever, but they <laughs> lost their two leading guys, Keaton Wallace and Jivin Jackson or Javon, Javon Jackson. Yeah. And I remember Javon Jackson having some really good games against tech. So I'm glad that he's not here um, anymore. Of course, we won both games last year at home in the tech, but I don't know. This this team seems real, real bad. They lost to UAB to open conference play last weekend, and that should continue this week. Yeah, I mean, if there's anyone on this team that I'm especially nervous about, and I think I usually do this, I just pick the other team as big. I guess Suli Boom wasn't that, uh, but Jacob Germany is. He's a six foot eleven junior. He's a whole uh, country. Yeah, he's my favorite Civ to play on Civ Six. Uh, it's his third year at UTSA, and he's gotten better pretty much every year uh, and has been used more and more throughout that time, too. Uh, just kind of a guy who, when a team shoots as poorly as UTSA does, they really need every shot that they can get. And Germany is a guy who excels at getting offensive rebounds that lead to the second chance opportunities. And so I'm not saying they'll even make those second chance opportunities because they have proven that they will not. But... You know, eventually, if you just throw the ball up in the air like I did in PE, sometimes the ball goes in. So <laughs> Jacob Germany is my pick. I don't see Germany. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know who to pick here, to be real honest. I mean, I guess uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. You know, like they're they're all just not very good. <laughs> so let's leave it at that rather than letting you struggle for the next 15 sure. minutes trying uh, to find someone. I'm looking like, do they have a three-point shooter? No, not really. Do they have somebody who, who causes a lot of turnovers or anything? No, no, not really, I guess. I mean, you didn't mention Jacob Germany's block percentage is pretty good, I guess. So I'll choose yeah. I'll choose Jacob Germany, the blocker. You choose okay. the, the other go. aspects of him. I Are you going for the other Axis power in Japan? No. Uh, is there an Italian guy on their team? Yeah, I was going to say, is there an Italian <laughs> I don't think this fellow is Italian. Uh, his name is Joe Dang. Uh, it looks like he's their leading scorer, averaging 15 points a game. So I'm going to say keep a, keep a lookout for Du Dang. I'm gonna I'm gonna revise my choice. I'm going Lachlan Bowfinger just because his name is Lachlan <laughs> Bowfinger. He's from Sydney, Australia. Yeah. So Ken Palm gives Tech an 86% chance to win this game, 78 to 66. Massey gives Tech a 74% chance to win this game. 75 to 68. Oh, Massey, uh, what I don't, the fuck, dude? Yeah, Massey just doesn't like us. I don't think we even talked about UTEP. Uh, Ken Palm in that game gives Tech a 63% chance to win by four. And Massey predicts a toss-up 50% and Tech actually to lose by one. Um, let's go do both the predictions here since I forgot to do them earlier. For both of these games, do you think Tech wins? And if so, by how many? Yeah, Tech's going to win both of these games. I'm going to say they're going to beat UTEP by... I'll say 15, uh, UTSA, mm. uh, UTSA, I have a, uh, I'm going to say between 30 and 35 point victory. Ooh, wow. Spicy. They're going um, to get in them Utsa. Get it? Do you guys get it? I think that we'll beat UTEP. You know, it's hard to win on the road, but I just, this team is, we're really good. So I'm going to say we win that one by like eight. And then UTSA, I mean, it's it's got to be double figures. It's and I'm gonna not quite 35 like Matt said, but I'll, I'll say a 17 point victory. I mean, I oh no for UTEP, I think it's like a four point victory. I think this game is closer than we think it will be. Um, UTSA maybe a 
12 point where it should have been a 20, but we kind of take our foot off the gas at the end and it's not really ever in doubt, but the game score looks like it's closer than it really is. But yeah, I think Tech wins both these games pretty easily. Yeah, and for reference, UAB just beat UTSA uh, 87-59, so that's what, 28 points? And yeah, that was uh, in Birmingham. If you look at uh, how that got started, they were up 34-14 to with six minutes left in the first half and never looked back kind of thing. So that was yeah. kind of a similar case where the game is a 13-point game, but it was never UTEPs to win. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... That's enough about men's basketball. What about the lady texters? Evan, you have an update for us? Uh, not quite as good. Yeah. Um, texters lost both games this week uh, on the road against Marshall and Western Kentucky, um, fail, falling to number 175 in Massey, which I think is about where we started the year. So we saw some progress going through the out-of-conference slate, but you know, it started out at Marshall. And Tech fell 62 to 44, but it's kind of a weird box score because Tech had a higher shooting percentage than the herd did, 40, 41% to 37%, and still lost by, you know, 18 points, which is kind of weird. But uh, two things caused that lopsided and low scoring loss. Tech shot two for 15 from three and also turned the ball over 18 times, which led directly to 20 Marshall points off of turnovers. So, uh, just sloppy play there on Thursday night, which carried over um, in Bowling Green, where Tech lost 64-50, to 50, this time only shooting 29.6% from the field and a pathetic 1 of 11 from 3, so that's 3 for yes. 26 over two games uh, beyond the arc. They also turned the ball over 23 times on My the way to God. another blowout loss Ugh. in conference. So, um, you know... Uh, uh, the men in both of their games turned the ball over about eight, nine times, I think. So, you know, it, it, that's just really, really sloppy to have that many turnovers in two games. You know, this week, Texters will return home to face uh, UTEP and UTSA. Massey has UTEP at number 127 and projects Tech to have fi- a 50% chance to win, and but ultimately proje- projects a 64-63 to 63 loss. UTSA is number 278 in Massey and it predicts a 65 to 30 or 53 win. Sorry, 65-35 would be great. <laughs> yeah. 86% chance to win that one. So hopefully we can come out of this week uh two and zero in um you know the women's basketball play. I mean it sounds like a one and one week to me, but optimistically, two and zero is not out of the question. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll say I'll say three and one across both here. Um, and the women are, are going to pick up a loss probably to UTEP. Same. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of the show bits. And this is where we do the tweet of the week. This week's tweet of the week is a little special because I don't really quite understand our original tweet thing, Twitter circle thing. So Evan, I think I need you to explain this to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I saw this app thing that someone made where you can, type in your Twitter handle and it'll tell you who your who your like best buds are on Twitter or whatever based on like it assigns a point value for times you've mentioned them, times you've retweeted, quote tweeted and you know liked their tweets. And so I I took a screenshot of ours from GTPDD and you know shout out all the homies that are in there. I, I don't really know how this thing balances because uh certain accounts are there that uh we make a point of not interacting with, so it's <laughs> interesting that you know uh 
who's there and who's not. But Louisiana Tech University at La Tech just unprovoked tweeted a <laughs> the, the picture of SpongeBob <laughs> pausing the screen and saying, "There I am, Gary. There I am." Um, with when SpongeBob's like back at you know behind the fry cook window or whatever at, at the crusty at the crusty crab and uh, and uh, yeah that that was that was great because they were one of our uh, they were in the second ring here so that means we mentioned them or quote tweeted them or whatever uh, a lot so that was cool because I don't think they've ever like officially Never. acknowledged our existence but Never. but they've known they've known. Yeah, we're starting to make it. Just like Dr. Geis knows. Yeah. Dan Renault knows as well. Yeah. Dan Renault, who's in charge of the LaTeX social media accounts. Yes. Dirty yeah, dick. so that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog at gtpdd.dog, where you can get this week's shirt of the month. This week's show of the month is a little bit special and something I'm pretty proud of. Uh, basically, a month ago, I think it was December 10th, the Western Kentucky area and Bowling Green, Kentucky, and just the surrounding areas were hit by a tornado. And I think a series of tornadoes over a lot of that area. And us in Rustin kind of know what it's like to live through having your college town get hit by a tornado. Um, so their kicker, Western Kentucky's did, uh, started a GoFundMe to raise some money for uh, groceries and clothes and stuff like that for the local community. Uh, so we thought we'd help out with this week's, this month's shirt of the month. And so what we did instead of saying, go tech, please don't die on our shirts, is we scratched out tech and had the different Conference USA uh, team names. So for the Western Kentucky shirt, it says, go tops, please don't die for the Hilltoppers. Or my personal favorite is the Southern Miss one that says, go mustard buzzards, please don't die. Uh, we don't, we won't earn any profit off of these shirts. All money that doesn't go to either shipping or printing of the shirts goes directly to this GoFundMe. And so I'm, I'm pretty happy that we got all this together and that we're able to do this this month. And so, yeah, that's gtpdd.dog slash shop is where you can get those shirts. Yeah. And, uh, super cool. At first, when I, when I first saw, uh, you were doing this, I thought you just did a, you know, a Western Kentucky one, which I thought was really cool. And then I went and like looked at the shop and I was like, oh shit, like you did like all this work for, you know, like <laughs> the, the North Texas one's funny because you like scratched out tech and put, would you put eagles and scratch that out? Because they used to and be then, the eagles and then I scratched yeah. out eagles and put green. Uh, so it's like, yeah, if you're a fan of that team, like you might actually, like it's kind of a nerdy reference that you would get, you know? I don't think we'll sell any mustard buzzard ones, but they don't. Oh, those people might. don't like us anyway. So um, we sold an Old Dominion one already. And that says "Go Monarchy, please don't die," because I was afraid of getting sued if we said Monarchs, because that's too specific of a team name. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, sue, sue someone who's donating all profits to charity. Go ahead, I dare you, ODU. Uh, but yeah, I mean those. Please don't. Please don't. And also, shout out to uh, my wife, Courtney, with the idea for what to do with the shirts, because she had both the idea of donating to charity and uh, the specific design. So making sure I got that in there for my brownie points. But anyway, again, that's gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die.
he's uh uh Dio Dang is he's on Wikipedia. Wow. He uh he Wikipedia. Yeah. Wikipedia. As opposed to just Wikipedia, this is a Wikipedia featuring Cordis. 